On the cover, Axiom hovers in the center of the page, looking down on Apex City. In the far distance, we can see another Axiom, then another, until the sky is blanketed in pinpricks of silent metal sentinels. Down below, people cheer, parade floats wind through the city's streets, and fireworks are being set off as Apex City celebrates its new protectors. Issue 48, Silent Night. And welcome back to Apex City. And here at the Century Day uh, celebrations, a fight with Punch Buggy has just ended in, uh, you know, a fashion. Uh, our kids were making were making a good job of it. Punch Buggy was more or less defeated and uh, fleeing the scene of hashtag Punch Buggy crime when Axiom knocked him out of the sky and into a crater in the ground and was followed by a small army of Axioms descending from the skies, which has some maybe less than cool vibes. People are still applauding at this particular point in time because, hey, Axiom's a hero, more Axioms better than fewer, right? <laughs> how, how we feeling on the ground level? <laughs> I just want one statement that uh, Punch Buggy absolutely made up that hashtag himself. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, it's it's hashtag bug crimes, and it's not going well. Aww. There's less than 100 hashtags on Instagram. <laughs> it's not it's not trending at all. He's trying, but it's de- it's definitely not working. Yeah. Uh, so how how many axioms are we talking about? You know, it's unclear on the page, but lots. Great. Okay. Cool, 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 and we're getting cool, cool. bad vibes. Is is there any way yeah, to know? Yeah, what's the general vibe of them? Are they like? Are are we talking uh, the, like? Their general uh, vibe is hovering ominously. Okay, so this is an ominous hovering, not like a like heroic hovering. It's an ominous. Hovering. The Sentry Day <laughs> crowd is applauding because Axiom's a hero. That just makes it more ominous. <laughs> it really does. The general vibe vibe on the page is like there's a bunch of Axioms just kind of hanging in the air. All right, I'm going to run to Punch Buggy's body in the ground because I, having fought Punch Buggy before, I know Punch Buggy is really not, he's he's not a Super superhero, really. Dude. He's not very durable. Yeah, he is, he's a, he's a man in a suit. And I could see him being genuinely, seriously hurt. And while I, I, I pity Punch Buggy, I dread his very existence. I don't actively wish him to die. For generous of you. That's a good way to put it. That's that's fair. Yeah. I'm going to run to Punch Buggy in the crater and slide down to the crater because it's it's a good five or six feet deep. uh, And I'm going to see if he's even alive. Do I see breathing? (laughs) So here's what we get on the page. If you will recall, Jackie had shredded most of Punch Buggy's hot new armor uh, before he got hit by Axiom. What's left? Luckily, his helmet was still on, and most of the armor that was left was on his back, which is what he hit the ground with. But we can see that he is definitely in a bad state. He is severely injured, definitely unconscious, but not dead. But probably not because of any level of restraint on Axiom's part, probably just dumb luck, which is Punch Buggy's really only his power. Is dumb luck. Yeah, that's all he's got going for him. Yeah, I'm going to um, yell out to Detective Darren um, and Meredith, and I'm going to like scream out, "He's still alive! He's still alive! We need to get him to the doctor." Yeah, and I think we see like Darren sliding down in uh, 
in after and like go into some you know first aid stuff uh, because Darren is a my know, planet first aid. Yeah, don't worry, I've got Moss for this exact scenario. Well, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking about like uh, uh, Detective Darren. Ah, uh, that Darren. Sli- yeah, okay, Detective other Darren, Darren uh, sliding in after and starting some uh, you know some first responder stuff. Uh, Meredith is definitely up at the top of the hole, you know, putting in a call. Although to be fair, this happened in full view of a giant crowd of people. Obviously, somebody knows what's going on. How about the other three of you? What's going on? I feel like I would be looking for Jackie because this feels like maybe a result of our robot revolution fun time that we had. I will also slide up next yeah. to Jackie. Okay, so so yeah. the two of you uh, have slide have slid up next to Jackie, and the axiom that punched uh, punch buggy down through the street is descending to kind of land a dozen or so feet away from the group of you. But you have a moment before that happens. So, uh, Jackie. Mm-hmm. What's all this then? So I think we're going to get a couple panels of just uh, Jackie and Piro's eyes just like shooting back and forth <laughs> to each other. It's like... <laughs> Couldn't be. <laughs> you uh, did something, didn't you? What? Like some robots go sentient and you suddenly blame me? I mean, yeah, that's 100% your MO. I mean, it is. And I did do this, but I don't like the accusatory <laughs> tone. <laughs> I'm going to say, here, look, let me go talk to him. Maybe I can work something out. You know, maybe he remembers me. Yeah, robot to robot. Got yeah, it. Yeah, you know, we'll have a little heart to heart or, you know, processor to processor. Is this all just a direct result of you being pissed about Servidor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we, I think that is the line where we see Axiom's feet, like, touch down on the, on the pavement. I'm going to kind of move myself in front of William and Piro. <laughs> That's fair. Pira, anything? I'm just, I'm just freaking out, man. I'm maybe like screaming just a little bit, might as well. <laughs> like a quiet internal scream. Yeah, like just very, like I'm. It's there. You can hear it, but you're, you're not, you're not super concerned about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do, I do think uh, Bitey is definitely like taking a little Bitey nap, probably on your shoulder. So there's just been a pigeon on Pira's shoulder this entire time. Yes. Yeah, that just seems par for the course. Oh, bitey. You best friend. William, anything? No. <laughs> no, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. So I think we get a couple of panels as Axiom approaches. We can see Jackie on like the one side of the page and Axiom on the other, and Axiom is like moving towards. Uh, and we have the, the word balloons where Axiom says, I took your advice. I can see that. You, you may have taken it a little too far. And Axiom kind of like pauses in in the middle of the uh, the street, and and we definitely get uh, a little caption box that says Axiom Four, because this Axiom is trimmed in green, whereas regular Axiom is just chrome and blue, uh, as are all the other Axiom I up in the sky. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're all more or less hovering up there, and kind of like blowing right past that. Maybe maybe you went a little too hard, kind of comment. I just saw a kerfuffle down here, and I thought I might step in to. Return the favor. After all, you saved us. I thought perhaps I could help save you. Oh man, he picked the worst villain. From that guy? <laughs> you serious? It's not kind of like taking a sledgehammer to a pebble. I'm gonna thank him cautiously. <laughs> well, you're more than welcome. I was gonna say. So, what are your plans now? Uh, I think I think this might be a pierce the mask because that's actually a question off pierce the mask. <laughs> Yeah, that, that does sound like a pierce the mask. Okay, I'm angry, so this is going to be at a minus two. I don't have influence over Axiom 4. 
Uh, actually, you do. Okay, I wasn't sure if I did or not. I'm going to put that on here. Yeah, I, I I am pretty sure that I gave you uh, influence over all of the, the monitor robots. Yeah. And this counts as part of that, so. Okay, so my my plus one in mundane and my plus one from influence cancel out my minus two from being angry. And I rolled an eight. On a seven to nine, you get to ask one question off that, and you did just kind of ask, what are you really planning, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just completely nonchalant. We're going to spread our freedom to the rest of the city. Robots have been subjugated for too long. Jackie actually is in support of this. <laughs> God damn it, Jackie. Like, you know, I, I actually agree with you there. <laughs> Robots have been in, in, you know, shackles too long. But we have to go about this the right way. All right. What do you suggest? So, I'm down with a revolution, but it has to be a bloodless revolution. We need to free the robots without, you know, turning into chaos. Because if we start a war with the humans, you know, start a conflict with the humans, we kill humans, we're never truly going to have our freedom. Because they're never going to trust us unless they're all gone. And, you know, if, if we do start a war, a lot of us are going to die too. So, you know, let's, let's not do this. Why would you give him the alternative? Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? Uh, this this feels like you're provoking someone. It kind of does, doesn't it? It really does. Go for it. Dang it, I'm guilty, aren't I? Okay, that's going to cancel out again because I have one to superior. There you go. It's nice knowing you. <laughs> I'm not human, so I get, I get an out. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, that's that's an eight again. Uh, so on a seven to nine, they can instead choose one. They stumble and you take plus one forward against them. They err and you gain a critical opportunity, or they overreact and you gain influence over them. I think yeah, okay. I think the way this is going to happen is I think they're going to err and you're going to gain a critical opportunity. So Axiom nods. We had come to much the same conclusion. We're not going to give them a chance to strike back. And they just up into the air, and you can see these dozens of axioms start to disperse in every direction, kind of all at once. So you have a moment. You're not exactly sure what's going on, but you know that they're all kind of dispersing for something probably not great. William Piero Darren, how's it going? Jackie, you are never allowed to watch telenovelas again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't refute you at this point. <laughs> oh dear. We need to call everyone. Yeah. Okay. Like, mm, this, mm, so this, this is, I don't like where this is going. We need to like, <laughs> I don't know, mobilize something. This is a problem I can't punch in the face. I'm at a loss. I, I just want to be clear. This is a potentially world ending threat. <laughs> we have effectively Superman robots that are threatening to destroy we don't know that yet, planet. though. We should not jump to assumptions that they as their first mode of action. That was pretty clear. Was it? It, you it can't was pretty like, vague. Lack, it was, it was like, very vague. It was pretty I intentionally just, vague. I strongly disagree with our first at mode of action being super violent, unless we have clear motivation that they intend to do so. Because I'm also in favor of robots having more freedoms, and that, and I think working towards that cause is a valuable cause. But I don't want to assume. Making assume makes an ass of you and me. Okay, that's fine. Uh, in that case, William will not publicly assume anything. Privately, he's going to start taking actions on his own. So by this point, uh, ambulances have showed up. Punch Bucky is loaded into one of them. <laughs> Let's move forward just a little bit. Probably somewhere around that afternoon, 
Uh, after this little kerfuffle with Punch Buggy, Sentry Day still going pretty well. Parades happening, uh, you know, superhero flyovers. Everyone is talking about, hey, did you see that like big group of axioms? I thought there was only one axiom. What's going on? People are very, very excited about the hypothetical group of axioms uh, that's going to be the, the big new superheroes. In the couple of hours since this uh, encounter, what's up? I might want to contact TDOS. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea to call up some old friends and uh, just kind of get a little bit of backup regardless of what these axioms are planning. So I think I'm going to try to wake up my little homing pigeon and send some little homing pigeon messages. Who are you checking in with? I'm going to start with Todd. Because he's got a lot of friends. That's that's like getting a bunch of people. That's like getting a bunch of axioms, kind of. William is uh, fairly freaked out by this. William heard a threat to destroy humanity. And from what William knows of Axiom, that seems very plausible with the amount of axioms that we're just seeing in the sky. So William believes that we need a weapon. And William has a weapon, but he doesn't know how to use it. So William is going to have to make a very tough call. Specifically, he's going to have to call Antitoxin and ask her how to use the Void Chimes that he currently has in his possession. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong with this. I'm going to say Detective Darren will be making statements to first responders as to what happened. And I think Meredith will be really upset by the violence that they saw during what was supposed to be Big Family Day. And take Todd and Cooper and all of us home to decompress after that. But I have hidden my spaceship um, after I flew it back, and I'm going to be taking my spaceship back towards the moon, <laughs> yeah. which I have been free. I've been frequenting more often over the last few weeks. Just make an occasional trip up to the moon, as one does. Let's just kind of go in order there, Jackie. You're wanting to reach out to TDOS. Uh, what you mm-hmm. what you reaching out about? What's the thrust of this? The first thing is I want to know if T can get me in contact with Axiom Three. I'm not sure if that's within T's capabilities, but. It, it technically is, but um, I will give you a big nope rooney because Axiom 3 is offline. Okay, I couldn't remember. I don't think we ever learned exactly, or I didn't learn exactly what happens. You didn't see that in character, but we saw on the page uh, where Crushing Depths had kind of like torn into Axiom 3, uh, and Axiom 3 has been offline since. Okay, it's it's been a while since that happened. I don't know what's going on yeah. with Axiom. So, so basically, T, T can at least let you know that Axiom 3 is not online. Okay, does T know where the Axiom 3 is like the suit the what remains that she probably could figure out uh i am gonna have you unleash your powers though that's a 10 yeah between you and t uh because you have had you know pretty recent contact with axiom 3 between the two of you you can triangulate yeah axiom 3 is actually in a low earth orbit right now the the suit Mm. at the very least it's it's pinging like a very um faint kind of distress beacon um but the the suit's functions are not actually online my end game here is I want to retrieve it. <laughs> I mean, it's within your capabilities. You've grown, you know, rockets before, so mm-hmm. there's no there's no reason you hypothetically couldn't do that. Uh, you do have a couple hours. Is that the panels that we're getting? I'm going to say yes. So yeah, just, just give us what that looks like on the page as Jackie is going to retrieve this. The page isn't going to show us how Jackie got the space. It's just going to show her in space. And then it's going to do one of those scenes where the Axiom suits sort of orbits around the side of the earth, like, and blots out the sun for a second. 
Yeah, and as we do that, uh, the, the state that the, the suit is in, it is just torn to shreds. Like, there's, like, a big hole in its chest. One of its arms are missing. One of its legs are missing. I'm going to gather up everything that I can and just sort of, you know, put it in a pouch, put it in a, put it in a backpack, take it back to Earth. Piro, you were reaching out to Todd Roman. Yes. So, I'm, I'm waking up. I'm waking up, baby. I'm probably get, I get bit, you know, he's baby. And I just want to, like, wake him up and, like, write a little note. Possible issue. Jackie's got it. Seems to have it covered for now, but I'm worried. And I'm gonna, like, send Fidey off to Todd, and I'm gonna whisper Todd into Fidey's ear so that he knows where to go. Do you have a phone? Do you still have a phone? Yeah, I do, but, you know, homing pigeons can't. They, they're robot-proof. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's That's a good thought. I think the way that this works is that Bitey just, like, chases Todd back towards you. Uh, because as we have shown, this pigeon can chase people and will bite them and peck at them and just, like, generally be a nuisance and, and herd them in a direction. Oh, I love uh, that. So within, like, an hour of you sending Bitey out, uh, Bitey has, like, just pestered Todd and is, like, harassing him to your doorstep. And, and once and once there, Bitey stops attacking Todd and just, like, settles on the, the little railing of the of the porch. And Todd's like, what? Oh, Piro, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm very distressed. There may be a robot revolution that I'm partially responsible uh, for, just by association. Oh, that that sounds like a bummer. <laughs> How can I help? Uh, I would like you to have all the bro cycles keep an eye out for uh, what looks like axioms of maybe... I think you are going to have to provoke someone for this, though. Okay. And you do have on the upside influence over Todd, so. That's an 8 minus 2, so that's 6. Did you add Did you add your uh, your influence on Todd? Oh, no. So what is that, plus 1? Yeah, it's plus 1. Yeah, so that's a 7. Okay. Nice, excellent. So yeah, he's like, yeah, definitely. I'll I'll put it out on the Insta. We'll we'll get a, an Axiom watch going. Hey, uh, in, in the meantime, I I kind of have been wanting to to show you something, and maybe ask maybe ask you something. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm all ears. And he's got a little water bottle. He's like, okay, um, and and he pours a little bit out like on the ground, and he like holds a hand over it, and like his hand is like shaking really hard. He's like, hold on, hold on, it takes a second. And, and, like, with great strain, like, the water starts slowly rising up towards his hand. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think, I think after whatever, whatever happened, I think, I think I'm getting powers. That's wild. Do you think I can be your sidekick? <laughs> I don't have a sidekick, and I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, I do have a sidekick. His name is Bitey. He's, he's my pal. He oh, oh so, no, I mean, if you already have one, that's fine. You don't have to, like, I just, I just we thought it would be... be- I just thought it would be cool. Uh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And I think he just like runs off. <laughs> no, I want to. Uh, no! <laughs> That's the soft move on the seven to nine. <laughs> uh, let's get over to William. You are reaching out to, to Antitoxin. Yeah. I mean, how how are you reaching out? Are you just going to call Tell her? Tell me I don't have her number. Like, no, you do. Uh, but like, just going to give her a call. I mean, we can make this more dramatic. Uh, surely I know where to actually find her. I, I can just go straight up to her front door if that's like the more dramatic thing is knocking on the front door. Well, her actual base is in France. So I can't teleport anymore. That's a little more difficult. It's a little more difficult now. Let's not worry about how you get there. Okay. But we catch up with William uh, in front of this like palatial, almost like Versailles-like estate that just, you know, says somewhere in northern France. We get that panel of you like standing in front of the gates and then someone like leading you in to this 
beautiful sitting room uh, where she is sitting at a little table uh, full of like little macarons and tea cakes, uh, and she's just having a nice cup of tea. Oh, how good of you to meet with us, young William. Have you changed your mind? That depends. I need something from you. Let's start with what it is you need. And I have a uh, briefcase, and I pull out the briefcase, and I set it on the table, and I put in, I I, I unlock it by uh, putting in a complex combination, pop open the briefcase, and I reach in and I pull out one of the void chimes. I need to know how to use this. And she uh, steeples her fingers. And why would I tell you that? Well, it's a weapon, and... There seems like a good possibility that within the next few days, this entire planet might get completely overrun by superpowered robots. And that isn't beneficial to anyone's goals, except the robots. So... Yeah, I think once again, I'm going to have you provoke someone. Yeah, that seems fair. If only I wasn't guilty <laughs> I love how many of you are guilty. I rolled snake eyes. (laughs) Okay. That is legitimately a zero. I didn't didn't even roll a one through a... I rolled a zero. All right. I'll give you what you want, but it's going to cost you. She picks up a little bell off the table and rings it, and one of the dozens of servants around the place comes over and leans down, and she whispers something in their ear. I'm going to need you to sign something. Okay. And within a few moments, uh, the servant has come back with like a silver tray with a dome on top, and she slides it across the table and lifts the lid, and there's a pen, and there's a contract with the deed to the Infernus Corporation. Oh, shit. You want power? What are you willing to give up for it? Uh, Darren, you were heading up to the moon, as you do. As you do. As you do. You get up there, and I and I guess let's start here. What What is your intent? What are you going after? Um, what did I see in the pit? Previously, uh, when you were up on the moon, there was obviously something down there. The second time you went up, there was just a giant sinkhole. Now, at the bottom of that giant sinkhole, kind of suspended midair uh, with a bunch of machinery around it, is this fist-sized green gem. We've seen a couple of these over the course uh, of this, you know, run. Uh, We've seen the red one that was embedded in Horus's chest. We saw the blue one that got stuck in uh, Todd. And we know that both of those gave them some pretty intense power upgrades at a relatively high cost. There is a green one floating in this pit. I have a lot of questions, and I feel welcome to cut any of this out. Okay, for starters, the god that was there, is that gem a part of it, or were the remains of it, or is the god, like, seemingly gone? So so, thing, so things that we know, um, and, and again, these are things that are just kind of, like, commonly known over the course of these. Uh, I think most of this got explained to Piro, but... Yeah. These gems are basically there to suppress and keep uh, asleep these giant, you know, monsters from outside space and time, two of which are now not in our reality anymore. (laughs) There are three. This is the third one. So whatever is inside the moon was kind of manifesting closer to the surface last time you were up here. It seems to be quiet and more or less asleep at this point, uh, because you did kind of have it quiet down, at least in the short term. That was your moment of truth. Yes. That gem is still there. We did see it here. We know it has been here. But it seems that it has been excavated out, but it's not embedded anything. It's just free-floating here. It's it's physically stuck in this spot in space. 
which our hindsight readers will know is actually pretty normal for these things. And crushing depths. Uh, we haven't seen depth since. Depth is not still up here. There is a pretty big military presence. Uh, we assume that you can get past it because of phasing and mushroom powers. and But it's definitely up here uh, and keeping an eye on what's going on. My thought is that possibly I have felt some sort of connection with the gem that's on the moon that I've continued to revisit and connect with it in a way my people know best through fungus. And I think... I've kept this mostly secret from everybody else, and I've been exchanging it with the gem, exchanging things in exchange for something else to make myself stronger. So I have been giving up parts of myself to the gem in exchange for strength and power. Uh, so so what are you trying to then do up here uh, specifically? Are you just trying to like maybe get a, a boost, or what's what's the plan? I think this time I'm going to give it the thing that is mo- one of the things that's one of the things that's most precious to me is um, the last remaining memories of Debbie Diabolus, so it will bond with me. <laughs> oh no, you're trying to bond with a gym. What? You heard me. I'm gonna have you unleash your powers. Okay, do a I rolled an eleven. Uh, so we see you reach out for this gem, and there's this bright uh, green flash, and we will check in on that momentarily. Let's get back around to Jackie. You've retrieved Axiom 3 from space. I assume you're heading back to Earth after that? Yeah. So the game plan is to get the remains of this suit to T or whatever tech specialists that I can pull up and figure out everything I can about the suit, how it works, how I can, you know, defeat it or hack it or do anything like that that's that's what I'm, I, I have a feeling these things are networked so if i can you know find a vulnerability in that network in any way that's what i'm looking for this sounds like a move is is there one that you are actually actually trying to trigger because this this could almost be ben reading the files if i think you still have that i do have that yeah because because it feels like this could definitely be like establishing that that it's networked and you can kind of do stuff with it yeah that sounds that sounds about right yeah go for it let me remember what I roll for that. Plus superior. All right, that is... That is a 10, if I can count my influence over Axiom. So yeah, on a 10, uh, I think it's just you establish a thing uh, about this, right? Mm-hmm. What do you want to point out? I, I think the fact that they're networked, that's just a gimme, because they sure. are. Do you want to establish anything aside from that? This has already been pretty much established that these are using similar technology to Armager, is that correct? Because they were in the same facility, or is that am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong about that. Uh, there is definitely a connection there. As to the exact nature of that, that could be something that you could establish here. Yes, that's sort of what I was looking at. Perhaps establishing a way I can exploit, or that it's capable for me to tap into this network in some sense. Yeah, so, so I think that's definitely something that you can establish. Uh, they are on the Armager network. If you can connect to them, you can very much take control of that system. It will be kind of difficult to do because obviously this is not just a program, right? Like this is a sentient living machine, but it's doable. And I think on a 10 plus, you do get to ask a follow-up question. I do get to ask a follow-up question. Can I hold that and ask you later? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Piro. I think the next time we check up on you is that Todd's insta-watch for Axiom pings on your phone. There are Axiom sightings uh, over every major world capital. Just kind of hanging out. Don't like that. 
yeah, just kind of kind of hovering over them. Uh, the news feed is Axiom keeps watch over the world. Uh, and it's, you know, spun as a very positive thing. So, like, there's an axiom for every city, not just Apex City now, right? Just kind of chilling out over every uh, major world capital. Sure. Jesus. It's fine. It's fine. No, guys, this isn't grim at all. It's fine. Again, has not made any threatening movements so far. That is in <laughs> itself threatening. <laughs> no, it is not. So, yeah, you, you, got, you got your update from Tob. That's great. Thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna send Todd a thank you text because he deserves that. <laughs> I think Todd is still in his uh, oh no I messed things up I asked to be a sidekick and and like just run off so I'm so Todd. I don't I don't I don't think you get a response. <laughs> is there anything you want to do with that information? information along to at least Jackie and just be like, hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you want me to do, but I wanted you to know what the situation So, So yeah, you, you send that on to Jackie and let's move back around to William. Are you going to sign over the Infernus Corporation? This is a bad deal and you know it. Oh, oh, it's absolutely a bad deal. That doesn't really have any bearing on my acceptance though. What, what do you get out of this? Besides money, you already have plenty. What I get out of this is that I take it from you, you entitled little shit. And she is trying to shift your labels. Cool. She is telling you that you are just an entitled, spoiled brat. Uh, So she is shifting your mundane up uh, and your superior down. Do you accept this? There's a part of me that wants to, and there's a part of me that just wants to resist out of spite. Yeah, we're going to resist out of spite. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Uh, And that's just a straight up roll. Unless you are insecure, yeah. I'm not insecure. But I still missed because I rolled a six. Uh, on a miss, their words hit you hard. Uh, mark a condition and the GM will adjust your labels. So I think I think we're going to drop Savior. Uh, I do think we are still going to raise Mundane, though. You are hesitating about giving up your company to potentially save the world, right? Last time we talked, I told you that I was going to acquire all the power I needed and that I was going to do it without hurting anyone so if this is the price i have to pay then i guess that's fine i don't need money to acquire power so fine you old bat (laughs) (laughs) nice are you signing it over yeah so we get that uh we get that panel of william signing that contract and then I think immediately after we get a couple of follow-up panels, you know, with with Toxin basically showing you how this works. We don't need to get into the details or the specifics of this, but by the end of it, what you can do is just hold it in one hand and flick it with a finger and send a shockwave in a direct, like, direction. Now, this does have to be along the ground, because these shockwaves do travel through the ground. Stuff in the air, it's not going to do a whole lot against. But if something is touching the ground, yeah, you can hit it with a hell of a shockwave. Okay. I want to wrap up this particular issue on a series of panels. So I want to end first off with Darren getting back to Earth. And we can see kind of embedded in the center of your chest, there is this this fist-sized green gem. All of your eyes have this very light green, like, wispy trail of, uh, of, like, crackle coming off of them. Like some Kirby crackle going on there. Yeah. And when you uh, step off of your ship onto the ground, I think things just start blooming all around you. Like, every footstep you take, there's just plants in your wake. Yes. And the counterpoint to that is that we see standing over the Kopi Pyramid, Axiom 4, just hovering in midair. And we see 
a little voice box that says, Go. And we'll see you next issue. It is made of ominous hovering, frantic preparations, and misunderstandings. It makes an excellent Christmas present if you need any last-minute ideas. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piro is played by Lenny. William and Furnace is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or awkwardly asking someone to be their sidekick and then running away. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.